Welcome to The Gallipod, with me, Gala Placidia. In this episode, I'm reading the last part of my fic, Exposure. If you're not here for dreary fanfic, you're in the wrong place. This week, I'm also releasing a bonus episode in two parts where I interview a friend of mine who does sex work about the representation of sex workers in fanfiction. My friend is very clever and interesting, so do please listen to those. Content warning. This story deals with themes of sex work and betrayal. I hope you enjoy Exposure. Ten minutes later, Ron found Harry standing in the rain. Come on, said Ron. Let's go home. Harry nodded and let Ron apparate him back to his terrible, loveless flat. He stood still, dripping water onto the ugly brown carpet that had come with his living room as Ron fetched a towel. He said nothing when Ron rubbed his head vigorously with the towel and then wrapped it around his shoulders, using the pretense of drying Harry to give him a long, tight hug. Are you going to tell me about it then? he said when Harry wasn't quite so sopping wet. "'I broke his heart,' said Harry. "'I thought he'd broken yours,' said Ron. Harry shook his head. "'No, that was me too. I broke his heart and my own,' he said. Ron nodded as if he understood, and ordered in takeout. They ended up slouched on the sofa, heads leaning against each other. Ron fed him bits of garlic naan. "'How long have you known?' asked Harry. "'Since you said you were still seeing him,' said Ron. You were pretty obvious. I told Hermione everything, said Harry. What did she say? asked Ron. That I should do what I thought was right, said Harry. Ron snorted. And this was you doing what you thought was right? Ghosting him and lying to him and making yourself miserable? Harry turned his head to look at Ron. He was so fiercely grateful to him that he could have kissed him. It's Malfoy, he said. He poisoned you. Not very well, said Ron. Didn't even take. Harry laughed and reached for the naan. Anyway, I fucked it completely, he said. I betrayed him. Even if everyone else feels the way you do, screw everyone else, said Ron. You were happy when you were talking to him. Anyone who tells you you can't have that can fuck right off. Hermione doesn't agree with you, said Harry. Yeah, well, she's cleverer than I am, said Ron. And dating Malfoy's not exactly clever. You really think I could date him? asked Harry. It felt as if the world would end if I tried. As if I had to pick between him and everyone else I loved. Mate. You could date Lucius Malfoy and I would stand by you, said Ron. I mean, I'd judge you for sure, but it's really not anyone else's business who you fall in love with. Harry shook his head into Ron's shoulder and Ron put an arm around him. Love you, mumbled Harry. Love you too, said Ron, squeezing him. Now, what are you going to do to get him back? Ron stayed the night. Mind if I tell Hermione, he asked as he left for work the next day. Go for it, said Harry. He did not expect Hermione to show up, guilt-ridden, at lunchtime. "'Harry,' she said, twisting her hands. "'Do you want lunch?' "'I was just going to eat this cucumber with some hummus, but we could split it,' said Harry. "'Creature would cook for you, you know,' said Hermione. Harry looked at his depressing lunch. "'I was going to add salt to the cucumber,' he said. "'It's not bad.' "'That day you told me about Malfoy,' said Hermione. "'I did something I shouldn't have.' "'What do you mean?' asked Harry." Hermione hoisted herself onto the kitchen counter and leant her head against the cabinets. "'I showed you my scar on purpose,' she said. "'I knew if you saw my arm, you would be reminded of all the reasons not to give things a shot with him.' She bit her lip. "'I'm so sorry, Harry. I had no idea how much you liked him, and then you stopped seeing him, and at first you seemed better, I mean, quitting your job.' "'I quit my job because of him,' said Harry, unable to focus on what she was saying. "'I don't understand. You could have just said you didn't want me to be with him.' 
I didn't want to tell you what to do, said Hermione. I'm sorry. It's Malfoy. You've always been weird about him, and it just seemed like such a bad idea. I mean, I was worried about you. But then I saw how miserable you were without him, and I hoped you'd get over it, but you just didn't. And then this morning, Ron told me about the pub. Harry, I'm so sorry. I should have just... No, said Harry. No, I should have stood up for him. This is on me. Hermione took a deep breath. I want to help, she said. And when you get him back, I will do everything I can to make it easy for both of you. I promise. I love you, Harry. Harry nodded and let her pull him into a hug. Yeah, he said. I know. Thank you. Love you too, obviously. That evening, Harry, Ron and Hermione met at the pub to talk about how to get Draco back. I sent him a text, said Harry, but it says it's unread. And when I call him, it's busy. He's blocked you, said Hermione, looking at Harry's phone. You should go to his house, said Ron. Bit creepy, said Harry. Draco's freaked out about being found by enemies, isn't he? Seems like playing into his worst fears. I just... Harry fell silent as a shadow fell across their table. Uh, said Harry to the woman who loomed over him. Can I help you? You know where Draco is, said the woman. And as she spoke, she leant into the table so that the light fell across her face. Her small, pug-like face. It was Pansy Parkinson. Ron gave an unintentionally comical gasp. Parkinson, he said. His shock was not entirely unreasonable. Pansy did look rather the worse for wear. Her hair was streaked with grey already, and she wore black jersey leggings and a long-sleeved black t-shirt covered in cat fur. Well, she said, looking at Harry, do you? Harry remembered Draco, delirious with fever, calling repeatedly for Pansy through the night. He nodded. Pansy glanced around for a chair, took one from a nearby table without asking the other people sitting there, they grumbled, and sat next to Harry. How is he? she asked. Hang on, how come you don't know? asked Ron. Were you two engaged or something at Hogwarts? Pansy sneered at him. We weren't engaged. Potter, are you going to answer my question or not? He's all right, said Harry. Lonely. Pansy scowled. Well, pretty easy solution to that one, wasn't there? He could have not fucked off without so much as a goodbye, she said. How have you been? asked Harry. The question seemed to surprise Pansy so much that she forgot to look at him as if he were a piece of shit. Me? she asked. Yeah, said Harry. Things have been a bit rough on Slytherins. It's so short-sighted how the Ministry allowed you to be treated, said Hermione. Pansy blinked. It's not been great, no, she said. She crossed her arms. A vulnerable expression flickered across her face. It's not been great, she said again. Draco left because people were after him, said Harry. They threatened to hurt you if he stayed. Pansy frowned at the table. And when did you discover all this? she asked. I'm in love with him, said Harry. Pansy laughed. You? Yes, said Harry. Laugh away, it's a huge clusterfuck. You're serious, said Pansy. I think we can help each other, Pansy, said Hermione. You want to know where Draco is, and Harry wants to know how he can get Draco back. Back, said Pansy. Did you fuck up, Potter? Harry sighed and rested his forehead on the sticky tabletop. He fucked up, confirmed Ron. So, said Hermione, what do you say? Pansy surveyed them. I want to hear what he did first. I'm not helping him get Draco back if he doesn't deserve him. I definitely don't deserve him, said Harry. I'll be the judge of that, said Pansy, and I want a drink. So Ron bought her a lager, and Harry told her the whole sorry story. She looked slightly taken aback when Harry told her that Draco had been coming, 
but less so than he might have expected. He always was a show-off, she said. She listened without saying anything else, as Harry related the whole shameful tale. Then he told me to leave me alone, and now he's blocked me, and I don't even know if trying to get him back is fair to him, said Harry. I just can't stand the idea of him thinking I was faking it the whole time. So, will you help? asked Hermione. Pansy broke into a sudden laugh. Yes, all right, she said. Really? asked Harry. Yes, I think you can work your way back from here. But you're not going to like my idea. I wish I could do it under a glamour, said Harry, sitting in front of his new laptop. His old one had not recovered from the bin juice. The point is to do it as you, said Pansy, trying to style his hair. I know, said Harry. Harry, I really don't think you should do this, said Hermione. The internet is written in ink. People will find out. Again, said Pansy, that is the point. There's got to be some other way, said Hermione. Potter humiliated Draco, made him feel worthless and cheap. Draco's not going to accept anything less than an equivalent act of vulnerability, said Pansy. She turned to Harry. Have you sent him the link? Harry closed his eyes, took a deep breath, then opened them again. He copy and pasted the link to his first and only public show into an email and sent it to Draco. Done, he said. He was sweating like crazy. Fuck, I'm nervous. Where's Ron? I think that's him, said Hermione. And sure enough, Ron came storming into Harry's flat a moment later. He looked out of breath and frazzled. I just went to see Draco, he said. Harry turned around in his chair. You what? You mentioned he got a job at his uni library. It was easy, I just went in and asked for the blonde librarian, said Ron. He's a librarian, said Pansy. She winced and touched her head. Salazar, I miss him. Harry had too many questions to know what to ask first. How? What did he... Did he... Is he okay? He wasn't too pleased to see me, said Ron. But I threatened to hex him if he didn't listen to me, so... Ron, said Hermione. He is unarmed. Ron shrugged. He came outside with me, and I told him you were serious about him, and also that you and Pansy had gone completely mad. What did he say? asked Harry. Went a bit funny when I mentioned Pansy, said Ron. Had to sit down. Then he told me to fuck off, so I told him you were in love with him, and had been for ages. Bet he loved that, said Harry, gloomily. Yeah, he didn't, said Ron. Think he thought it was all part of some elaborate form of torture. Said it was a low blow to mention Pansy, and that he'd hit me if I didn't fuck off. Seemed pretty sincere about it, so I came back. I can't believe you did that, said Harry, seized once more by the impulse to pull Ron close and squeeze him. I was sort of hoping we could avoid the whole you-wanking-on-camera thing, said Ron. No, that's still happening, said Pansy. Soon, in fact. Potter, drink this. She handed him a shot. Harry downed it. I'm so nervous, he said. That's cute, said Pansy. I bet it was a piece of cake for Draco, doing it without any friends or family or financial safety net. Yeah, okay, said Harry. Harry, please, said Hermione. This is going to be found. It could ruin your career. I killed Voldemort, said Harry. Nothing's ruining my career. Ron and Hermione both looked unconvinced. Listen, unless you want to watch me have a wank, you'd better leave now, said Harry. No fear, said Ron. He took Hermione's arm and led her out to the living room. Don't chicken out, said Pansy, before following them. Harry squared his shoulders, turned on his camera, and went live. It was incredibly awkward. No one in his online room was saying anything, although he quickly had a lot of viewers. He tried to smile, and someone paid him to take off his shirt. Right, he said. Are you ready? He felt as if he was talking to himself. Off it goes. Off it goes. He was the most embarrassing thing to ever grace the internet. 
He could feel his face grow hot as he clumsily unbuttoned his shirt and took it off. It was a bit chilly now that he was topless. He shivered. His phone lit up with a text. Have you gone fucking insane? What are you doing? Harry grinned and checked inside his room. Sure enough, a new person had just joined. Malcolm underscore magic. Harry texted back. Like what you see? Stop it. I'm serious. The internet is written in ink. <laughs> That's what Hermione said. I don't know what you think you're playing at. Want things to be more equal. Then I want to take you out to a restaurant and kiss you on the mouth. After that, I don't know, we can figure it out. Thinking something along the lines of taking care of you for the rest of my life. Something like that. Someone paid enough tokens for Harry to take off his trousers. It was easier to take them off, knowing Draco was watching. Draco texted again. Harry, I'm not joking. You will regret this, and you will blame me for it. Why, do you regret it? That's not the point. The added bonus of this is that if the press ever find out about your coming, I can release this video, and no one will care about you, because I'm very famous. Did you know? You can close out now, and it will only be mildly embarrassing if this is leaked, before you do full frontal. The tokens pinged on the screen. Oh, good Christ. You're just doing it, aren't you? Oh, fucking hell. You look... Yes? Good. I look good. Yes. Naked, you mean. I look good naked. You know this doesn't prove anything. Surely it proves something. Like, that I look good naked. Even when I'm not glamoured. You deliberately chose a glamour that was less hot than you are. <laughs> Lol, no, I didn't. You just think I'm hot. Tip me, why don't you? Hurry, this isn't going to fix things. If that's why you're doing it, you should stop now. The tokens pinged again. Harry grinned at the camera. One of his viewers had just paid for him to start touching himself. Oh, Jesus Christ, I cannot believe you're doing this. I've missed you so much. It's bad form to text while coming. I'm only coming so that you'll text me. Again, that is a bad reason to do this. Fuck, you're hot. Thinking of you. Fuck. Think it matters if this session runs short. Jesus Christ. Because knowing you're watching me is making it pretty hard to last. Jesus Christ. You're so cute when you use muggle words. Let me come over after. Harry, come on, don't. Just to talk, I swear. Please say I can come. Over, I mean. Huh. Please. Oh, God. Please, fuck, Draco, I can't keep texting much longer. Okay. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Fuck, you're gorgeous when you come. Harry ended the session. He felt empty, tired, ebullient, tipsy. He cleaned up, dressed himself, and apparated to Draco's flat. Draco opened the door when Harry knocked. His pupils were wide, his cheeks flushed. He didn't say anything, but turned around and went into his bedroom. Harry followed, closing the door behind him. Draco stood straight as a rail in the centre of the room. Harry hovered by the door. You're crazy, said Draco, after a pause. Yeah, said Harry, maybe a bit. Draco clenched and unclenched his jaw. What were you trying to prove? he asked. That it was real, said Harry, me falling for you. It wasn't a prank. Draco gave a quiet laugh. Yes, so Weasley told me. He accosted me at my workplace. Sorry about that, said Harry. Draco turned away and went to stand by his desk, his hand resting on a small pile of Penguin Classics. All right, he said. 
so you really did fool for me. You also sought me out with a deliberate intention to humiliate me. You deceived me for months. You abandoned me with fucking money on the bedside table because you weren't willing to be with me in public. Prank or no prank, you've been a shit from the beginning. Harry had drifted towards Draco as he spoke. Now he sank to the floor, half kneeling, half crouching, took Draco's hand and pressed his forehead to it. Draco made a small sound of surprise. I know, said Harry. What are you doing? asked Draco in a high voice. I'm sorry, said Harry. I love you so desperately, Draco. I, I've been a terrible coward. I'd do anything to go back and fix what I did. I'm so sorry. Draco's other hand went tentatively to Harry's hair. Please, said Harry. His throat felt dry. It felt like struggling to breathe. Please forgive me. Draco stroked his hair. I'm sorry, said Draco, and he truly did sound it. I don't think I can. It took a moment for the finality of it to hit Harry, and when it did, he pressed himself closer to Draco's leg, astonished by how much it hurt. I'm sorry, said Draco again. No, gasped Harry. No, of course I understand. Draco removed both his hands from Harry, which Harry could see was his dismissal. Harry stood. Draco wouldn't meet his eye. Harry cast about for something to say that wasn't, please, 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 please. Will you see Pansy at least? he asked. I can't, said Draco. We're going to catch them, you know, said Harry. The people who broke your wand. It's too dangerous, said Draco. Harry nodded. Everything was vague and surreal. I'm having lunch with her at the Lebanese place across the street, he said. If you were to show up there, you'd see her. No one could blame you for that. You're having lunch with Pansy. She's fun, said Harry. Draco huffed a small laugh. Yeah, she is, he said. He finally met Harry's eyes. I love you, said Harry. Draco looked down. I won't keep you, he said, which was code for fuck off. Even Harry could see that. Thank you for letting me talk to you, said Harry. Oh, and congratulations on the new job. I quit, too. You did? Draco sounded genuinely pleased. Yeah, said Harry. I've gone into politics. Draco massaged his eyebrows with his forefinger and thumb. You've... You've gone into politics and you just did a public cam show, he said. Harry shrugged. Figured it seemed fair, he said. I don't follow your logic, said Draco. I messed you up through your camming. Now you can mess me up through mine if you like. Wanted to give you the option to take revenge. Draco goggled at him. I'm not going to take revenge, he said. Of course you're not, said Harry. And it was so hard not to reach out to him. Not to take his lovely jaw in Harry's hand and turn it this way and that, to be examined and studied and stored safely away. There was an awkward silence. Well, goodbye, said Harry. Draco walked him to the front door. I'll see you around, said Draco at the last moment. Then the door closed, and Harry couldn't ask him if he was just being polite. Pansy was unexpectedly sympathetic. I really thought it would work, she said. He was always gone on you in school. No, he wasn't, said Harry. Have it your way, said Pansy. They were almost done when Pansy froze, staring above Harry's head. Harry turned around and saw Draco standing behind him, his eyes fixed on Pansy. Draco, said Pansy. 
Draco's jaw twitched. Come sit, said Pansy. I'll go, said Harry. No, said Draco, sinking into the chair next to Pansy without taking his eyes off her. No, if you go, it will look as if... Okay, said Harry, soothingly, because Draco sounded as if he was about to start panicking. Draco nodded. He still hadn't looked at Harry. How have you been? asked Pansy. Well, said Draco, how are you? Oh, Blaze and Greg and Theo and... We're okay, said Pansy. I train cats. You can't train cats, said Harry. Pansy gave him a disdainful look. Maybe you can't, she said. Draco laughed, his eyes combing over her face. It's good to see you, he said. I saw your mother last month, said Pansy. Draco grit his teeth, staring at her. Pansy waited for him to say something, but Draco was silent. She's been seeing someone, said Pansy. Seeing? A man. He's a healer. They seem happy. But she's married, said Draco. Pansy shrugged. They continued in this vein for twenty minutes. Harry was silent as they caught up, not wanting to intrude. They seemed only to have barely got started when Draco stood. I should go, he said. Please don't cut me off again, said Pansy. I have to, said Draco. Draco, said Pansy, and she grabbed his wrist. Draco looked at her hand, his eyes wide. I can't, he said. Contact me through Potter, said Pansy. Please. Draco shook her off, nodded at them both, and left the restaurant. Later that evening, he texted Harry. Thank you. She's coming over for drinks on Thursday, 45 Alderdale Lane. Draco didn't answer, but on Thursday he appeared at eight on the dot, carrying a bouquet of flowers and a bottle of wine. Pansy wasn't there yet. Hey, said Harry. This is for you, said Draco, handing him the wine. Thank you, said Harry, taking it. Draco fiddled anxiously with the flower stems. Sit down, said Harry. Draco shook his head. Maybe I should go, he said. Don't, said Harry. Draco tried to nod, but he was also trying to breathe. Harry went into the kitchen and fetched him a glass of water. Thanks, said Draco, but he was too stressed to drink it. Sorry. Sit down, said Harry again, and this time Draco obeyed him. He sat on the sofa and put his head in his hands, breathing in long, shuddering breaths. May I touch you? asked Harry. Draco shook his head, so Harry took the flowers and put them in some water. When he returned to his sitting room, Pansy was sitting next to Draco, her arms around his shoulders, rocking him slowly side to side. Harry went back into the kitchen and left them alone for an hour. When he came back, Draco stood. Thank you, he said, not looking at Harry. Any time, said Harry. They never spoke about it, but Draco started coming around to his flat to see Pansy once a week. Harry would leave them alone together, going over paperwork in the kitchen, listening to the muted sounds of their talk and, increasingly, their laughter. After the third week of this, Draco started texting him again. Update on Professor Nice. I'm all ears. He thinks I should do a master's. Ah, young love. Fuck off, I'm very good at English. <laughs> Lol, I know. So, are you going to do one? Maybe. What do you think? I think you should. Fuck it, get a PhD, Dr Malfoy. Has a nice ring to it. It does. I love how clever you are. Did you know that the age of consent used to be twelve? I don't want to know why you know this. And then Queen Elizabeth I moved it 
to ten. I'm going to go out on a limb here. That's too young. Apparently it was actually so that parents couldn't marry off their 11-year-old daughters without their consent. Wait, so was it or wasn't it sketchy? Unclear. I miss you. Pansy says you're doing a naked calendar. It's for charity. You're out of control. I'll send you one for Christmas. You know me so well. Not as well as I'd like. Pansy brought some of the other Slytherins from time to time. It didn't feel unnatural to Harry, because he and Pansy had genuinely become friends. He couldn't get over disliking Goyle, but Blaze was fun, and Daphne Greengrass was actively sweet, and all of them made him feel closer to Draco. Harry was working on a piece of werewolf legislation when Rosevear came into his office. The Malfoy case, he said. Harry put down his quill. What have you found out? Looks like it was four brothers. Vigilantes, said Rosevere, passing Harry several photographs of burly, angry-looking men. But they're dead. What? Six months ago, said Rosevere. Weird case. They tried to break into a pure-blood house and were run down by some cows. By cows? said Harry. Well, they were fire cows, said Rosevere. What the hell's a fire cow? Not something you want to run into, apparently, said Rosevere. Harry stared at the photographs. They're really dead? he asked. Yes. Then I looked round. Seems as if they've been causing trouble with quite a few ex-prisoners. Thank you, said Harry, handing back the photographs. He texted Draco right away. I have good news. Can you come over later? So needy. Parentheses. Yes. Lol, you've no idea. See you later. Dead, said Pansy. Harry had thought it wisest to have her present when he told Draco. Yeah, look. Harry handed her the autopsy report. Draco took one look at the morgue photographs and blanched. You okay? asked Harry. Draco nodded and sat down. Draco, said Pansy. Draco, you know what this means. You can see your mother. Draco looked at Harry. I think she's right, said Harry. God, said Draco. Let's go now, said Pansy. No, said Draco. No, I can't. I need... Can you go tell her, so she can prepare? Of course, said Pansy. Draco, welcome back to the world. She kissed him on the forehead and disapparated. Harry sat next to Draco. Draco instantly leant his head on Harry's shoulder. You're okay, said Harry. Can we... I don't know, can we do Europe? Harry summoned his laptop. He tried not to show how affected he was by Draco curling up closely to him on the sofa as Harry pulled up the geography quiz. San Marino, said Draco. Vatican City. Who starts with San Marino? Andorra, said Draco. Liechtenstein. They did Europe, then South America, then Africa. Then Harry shut the laptop. Dinner, he said. They ordered in. They talked about nothing, just as they used to when they cammed. They watched a stupid film. Draco stayed glued to Harry's side. It was getting late. Draco yawned. You should go to bed, said Harry. Draco glanced at him. Let me sleep over, he said. Okay, said Harry, his heart flipping over. What did it mean? Draco's closeness, the way he kept looking at Harry when he had spent weeks avoiding his eye. But to question it would be to risk losing it, so Harry lent Draco some clothes to sleep in without comment. They brushed their teeth together at the sink and got into bed. Draco lay on his side and stared at Harry. Harry stared back, itching to touch him but determined not to make a move. 
Draco reached out and touched Harry's scar. Harry closed his eyes. I still see Dan and Haroon, said Draco. I didn't think you didn't, said Harry. I get off with them, said Draco. I know, said Harry. That's the job. Yeah, but I enjoy it, said Draco. Good, said Harry. Wouldn't want you to do a job you didn't like. I'm not stopping, is what I'm saying. I would never expect you to, said Harry. And he meant it. He didn't feel threatened by Draco's relationships with his other clients. Draco had worked with them for longer than he had worked with Harry, and had never fallen for them. Anyway, Harry was not about to make any of Draco's precious few relationships more difficult. He didn't want to contribute to Draco's loneliness any more than he already had. Draco seemed to hesitate, then he climbed on top of Harry. "'I'm going to fuck you,' he said. "'Sounds good,' squeaked Harry. Draco gave him a searching look, tilted his head down, and kissed him. Harry ran his fingers through Draco's hair. They had never kissed before. Harry couldn't think for joy. "'I haven't forgiven you,' said Draco, breaking away. "'Yeah, fair,' said Harry, reaching up for another kiss, because it had never occurred to him that Draco was over it. "'You really fucking hurt me,' said Draco. "'I know,' said Harry, slipping his hands under Draco's T-shirt and feeling his way along the scars he had put on Draco's chest. "'I'm sorry.' "'You'll still want me to fuck you?' asked Draco. "'I want anything,' said Harry. "'Anything you want.' The sex was exactly as good as Draco had always promised it would be. Afterwards, Harry cast cleaning spells at both of them. Draco sighed as the magic washed over him. "'How am I going to get a wand?' he asked. Harry kissed his eyelids shut. "'I'll come with you to Ollivander's,' he said, "'if you want.' "'You can't. People would see it and end up in the papers,' said Draco. "'I'd like it to be, to be honest,' said Harry. Draco opened his eyes and raised his eyebrows. "'Stuck-up little attention-seeker, aren't you?' Harry lay his head on Draco's shoulder. Draco wrapped his arms around him and kissed the top of his head. "'You were so good,' he whispered into Harry's hair. Harry laughed. "'You did all the work.' Mm, "'But you were very well behaved,' said Draco. "'I wouldn't mind the papers knowing we were,' said Harry. "'Friends,' finished Draco. "'Friends. Is that what we are?' "'I told you, Harry,' said Draco. "'I haven't forgiven you. I'm trying, but... I'm not sure I can. Friends, said Harry. I wouldn't mind people knowing that. I'd like it, in fact. It might hurt your re-election, said Draco. Might, agreed Harry. There was a long pause, during which Draco drew his long fingers through Harry's hair. Okay, he said. Come with me to get a new wand, then. That'd be... nice, I think. It wasn't nice, really. It was stressful, venturing into Diagon Alley with Draco at his side. Harry had only grown in popularity since his turn to politics, and people crowded him everywhere he went. Draco was stiff and brittle, although he allowed Harry to tug him along through the crowded streets. Reporters took photographs of them and begged to know why they were together. We're friends, said Harry, over and over. Draco said nothing. By the time they arrived at Ollivander's, he looked as if he was about to pass out. Mr Malfoy, said Ollivander, I haven't seen you since the war. Draco suddenly bolted out of the shop, only to run into a crowd of photographers. Harry grabbed him and drew him back inside. You're okay, he told Draco. 
feels as if someone's choking me, said Draco, putting his hands to his throat. You're going to be just fine, said Harry. We'll get you your wand. Then go back to mine and watch a film, okay? He had his hands on Draco's shoulders. Draco reached up and touched Harry's fingers. An old one, said Draco. Sure, said Harry. Pre-haze coat, said Draco. Okay, said Harry, laughing. Ollivander watched them with his unsettling round eyes. Ah, he said. Harry gave Draco one last reassuring smile before letting go of him. Hello, Mr Ollivander, said Harry. Draco here needs a new wand. Of course, murmured Ollivander, looking quickly between the two of them. Of course. Harry had the feeling he wasn't talking about Draco's wand. In any case, Ollivander did not make any more uncomfortable remarks. He flew straight to a box on the shelf, stroked it eerily, then handed the wand inside to Draco. The moment Draco touched it, Harry knew that it was the right choice. Not from the sparks it gave off, or the soft breeze that blew through Draco's hair, but because of the expression of awe on Draco's face. That was quick, said Harry. Oh, for some wizards it's very clear, said Ollivander. Still unicorn hair, Mr Malfoy, but holly. Flexible. That's like mine, said Harry. Ollivander turned his protuberant eyes to Harry. Yes, he said. It is. Harry paid for the wand. They had already arranged between them for Draco to pay Harry back in pounds, that they might avoid Gringotts and get out of Diagon Alley faster. Ollivander allowed them to use the flu, which they took back to Harry's flat. How are you? started Harry, but Draco was on him, framing Harry's face with his hands and pulling him into a frantic kiss. Harry wrapped his arms around him and drew him close. You're okay, said Harry. Yeah? Safe and sound. Draco took out his wand. Lumos, he said. He grinned at Harry when his wand lit up. I love you so much, said Harry, by accident. It was inevitable, given that it was all he ever really wanted to say to Draco, that it would slip out sometimes. It seemed to sober Draco. Knox, he said, and his wand went out. He turned to Harry. A movie. Pre-code. I'll be honest, I don't really know what that means, said Harry. Sexier, older, better, said Draco. Like you, said Harry. Draco rolled his eyes. He didn't protest when Harry nestled under his arm on the sofa. He stroked Harry's back, in fact, and paused the film at one point so that he could kiss Harry more thoroughly. He didn't ask if he could sleep over. He just did. I'm not over it, he told Harry, just as they were on the verge of having sex. I know, panted Harry. They fell asleep in each other's arms. Where before Harry's life had been empty, it was suddenly bursting. Not only was his job intense and satisfying, but his social life had taken off. Most nights, when Harry came home, Draco and the Slytherins were already there, drinking his beer and eating his food. Of course, they didn't need to meet in Harry's flat, because there was no call for secrecy anymore. But neither Harry nor Draco mentioned this, and Harry grew used to the sight of Pansy Parkinson sprawled across his sofa, to the smell of Blazer's French cooking, to the strange habit Daphne had of tidying everything. It helps her relax, said Draco, as they lay in bed together. That was another thing Harry did not question, Draco in his bed. I'm not complaining. She dusted behind the fridge this afternoon, said Harry. I missed her, said Draco. It was dark and warm in Harry's bedroom. Seemed like you were lonely, said Harry, carefully. Draco made a strange sound. Did it? he asked. Were you? asked Harry, although he knew the answer. Draco nibbled at Harry's eyebrows. Stop it, said Harry. I need those. 
Draco kissed them apologetically. I was so lonely it felt like a disease, he said. Draco sighed. Everything becomes rather meaningless when no one loves you, he said. Your friends never stopped loving you, said Harry. I suppose I didn't know that, said Draco. It seemed like coming was good for the loneliness, said Harry. Better than some jobs would have been, probably, said Draco. I worked in a shop at first and just wanted to die. You're invisible in retail, until someone wants something from you, and then, as you can imagine, I would very maturely stop breathing. Well, of course, said Harry. Only natural. So, I don't know. I had heard about it somewhere. I don't even remember where. And I was drunk in my bedroom. And I thought, fuck it. And you liked it, said Harry. It was nice being talked to, said Draco. Being wanted. He flinched. God, that sounds pathetic. I don't think so, said Harry. I think it makes sense. Draco pushed his nose into Harry's neck. But it was still lonely, he said. You would never speak to me properly, said Harry. I used to wish you would. You can't be honest with someone who pays you to be charming, said Draco. Or at least, you can be as honest as is charming, and no more. It's charming to be tipsy or clumsy or appreciative. It's not charming to be paralysed by vast, unending dread. Anyway, half my fears were financial. I could hardly complain about that to you. That's why you were so upset when Marlon quit on you, said Harry. Money. It brought home how unstable I was, said Draco. It was frightening. Are you still lonely? asked Harry. Draco kissed him. What do you think? I don't know, said Harry. Were you lonely? asked Draco. I must have been, said Harry, but I didn't realise until I lost you. Draco stiffened. I know I don't have you, Draco, said Harry softly, and Draco relaxed. It's late, he said. Will you come to Ron and Hermione's for dinner tomorrow? asked Harry. Weasley's seen rather more of me than makes me comfortable, said Draco. I know, said Harry, but he really wants you to come. He keeps bothering me about it. Draco was silent. I just want you to be friends with my friends, said Harry. I will never be friends with Finnegan, said Draco sharply. Fine, said Harry. I'd drop him if you asked. This seemed to soothe Draco. He pressed closer to Harry under the bedclothes. No, I don't want you to drop your friends, said Draco. He paused. I'll come to dinner. But it will be terrible. You may not remember, but I poisoned Weasley, and Granger was tortured in my living room. Did you? asked Harry. When? Ha ha, said Draco. Thank you, said Harry. Really? For all Draco was clearly terrified, dinner with Ron and Hermione actually went remarkably well. Ron and Hermione were on their best behaviour, and Draco, who started out the evening with an impenetrable armour of etiquette, soon began to thaw. By dessert, he was telling them all about a particularly mad client he'd had, who had been the pampered boy toy of a South American shipping magnate. Whenever his sugar daddy came in, I had to start reading Dickens. He pretended he was taking a Victorian literature course. Harry squeezed Draco's leg under the table from time to time, and whenever he did, Draco would find his hand and press it. So, said Harry, once they were back at his flat, that composite orange butter sauce Hermione made ought to be illegal, said Draco. But it was all right, wasn't it? asked Harry. Draco glanced at him, then quickly looked away. It's nice being able to talk about work properly, he said. 
It makes Pansy feel guilty when I bring up camming, I think. Like I lost my purity to protect her or something. Well, of course, said Harry, seriously. Your chastity was always of the utmost importance to your worth. Draco looked down, flushing pink. He was fiddling with some grapes on the kitchen counter, plucking them from their stalks and not eating them. I was quite pure, actually, he said. I was a virgin until rather recently. Harry stared at him. How... how recently? Draco shrugged. I don't know, he said. How long's it been? About a month? Harry took a step forward. He should have said. You would have read into it, said Draco. I wanted to sleep with you, not be your boyfriend. Harry's chest ached with a sudden pang. Right, yeah, good point, he said. So, glad dinner went well. Do you want to watch an episode of something, or... Draco was looking at him oddly. I'm telling you now, though, he said. Telling me? That I hadn't. Before you, said Draco. Harry wasn't sure how to answer. Draco was looking at him with an inscrutable expression, and Harry couldn't tell if he was being thrown a bone, or if this was Draco's way of asking to be Harry's boyfriend. Draco pulled another grape off its stalk. Actually, I've been meaning to ask you, he said. There's a sort of award ceremony thing I'm supposed to go to this Saturday. I've won a prize, my essay on Thomas Hardy. I have a gala on Saturday, said Harry. Draco's cheeks turned bright red. I wasn't asking you to come, he said, his voice going sharp and cold. Oh, said Harry, because I was going to say I, I could cancel. The Society for the Preservations of Grindelow Habitats will be disappointed, but... I mean, I'd, I'd like to come. Draco frowned. You'd cancel? To come to my stupid thing? Yeah, of course, said Harry. You won a prize. It's just a stupid essay prize. I'd really like to come, said Harry. Draco looked at once hard and vulnerable. Well, I don't care, he said. Come if you like. But at the award ceremony, Draco clung to Harry's arm as if Harry were the only thing tethering him to the ground. His hands trembled for the half hour before he got up to collect his prize. Book tokens, he exclaimed with a joy that Harry was shocked to discover was sincere. And afterwards he got recklessly drunk on cheap wine. Several people from his course approached them and tried to talk to them, but Draco was so shy and non-responsive that they quickly left. Can we go home? asked Draco before long. So they apparated back to Harry's flat, and Harry wondered when Draco had started calling it home. Because the fact was... Draco still didn't entirely trust him. Harry knew that. It was evident in the way Draco would sometimes grow still and then abruptly cheerful when Harry mentioned certain things. His work on prisoners' rights, for instance, or Seamus Finnegan, who wasn't speaking to Harry anyway. When Harry had told him he was seeing Draco, Seamus had done exactly what Harry had always feared he would, become fierce and spoken around Dean Thomas. He refused to come to pub nights now. Harry missed him. Ron said he would come around, Harry couldn't separate his long-held fondness for Seamus from the pain it caused Draco to think of him. Draco didn't speak about so many things. The war, his time in Azkaban, the scars on his chest. Nor would he let Harry come with him when he visited his mother. And while he was more open than he had ever been when they cammed, sometimes Harry still had the impression that he was on his best behaviour. But he no longer prefaced sex by reminding Harry that he hadn't forgiven him. It was late, and they lay in bed. Draco fiddled idly with Harry's fingers. "'It's been a while since you went back to your flat,' said Harry. 
Draco's hand paused. The lease was up, he said. A laugh welled up in Harry's chest, and he stifled it in Draco's shoulder. After a minute, Draco laughed too. But, said Harry, where do you cam? Pansies, said Draco. I wouldn't do it in your flat. Ours, corrected Harry, and I don't mind. You should do it here. Draco tilted Harry's head up so that he could peer into Harry's face. You mean it? he asked. Yeah, said Harry. Draco frowned. He seemed to be trying to find words. I don't understand, he said. When did you start loving me so much? What do you mean? asked Harry, his heart beating faster because Draco had said the word loving, and it was so close to what he wished Draco would say. Before, you loved me but not enough to choose me, said Draco. I don't understand what changed. I'm not sure anything did, said Harry. Draco turned away from Harry. He stared at the ceiling. I know what changed, he said. Ron and Hermione gave you their blessing. Harry traced Draco's profile with his index finger, and Draco blinked rapidly, the way he did when he was trying not to cry. Well, that helped, said Harry. But also I realised that I don't need anyone's blessing. Anyone who can't accept someone who makes me so happy doesn't deserve to be my friend. So, if... All of a sudden, all your friends told you they wouldn't see you if you were with me. I'd choose you, said Harry. Despite his blinking, a tear rolled down the side of Draco's face. Greg and Vince would have been best man at each other's weddings, he said. His tone was light, conversational. Harry wasn't sure what this had to do with anything. He waited for Draco to go on. And my parents, it's romantic, really, said Draco. How they always chase each other. Over me. I feel as if you were made for me, said Harry. Everything about you, even the fact that we hated each other for so long. I like that. Do you? said Draco, with a dry laugh. Yeah, said Harry. Because it doesn't feel like destiny or whatever. I like that it's not what I expected. Draco turned on his side again and gently touched Harry's scar. That makes sense, he said. So, I choose you, said Harry. This is embarrassing now, said Draco. You like it, said Harry. Never. I'm very masculine and repressed, said Draco. Yeah, okay, said Harry, laughing. Harry helped Draco set up the guest bedroom for camming. I've always wanted a designated camming room, said Draco. It's awful working where you sleep. He put all his books in the bookshelf. I'm a class act. People like me for my brain, he said. And Harry said, yeah, despite your looks, and Draco shoved him. Draco was obviously nervous the first time he cammed from within the flat, but Harry stayed in the living room, and when Draco came out after an hour, he was more affectionate than ever. The third or fourth time Draco was set to cam, they had stayed up far too late the night before. Oh, I can't be bothered, said Draco, yawning. So cancel, said Harry. No, it's Dan, and I haven't seen him in ages. All right, release me. I'm already late. You haven't had breakfast, said Harry. I'll manage. It's only Dan. He knows I'm a brat. So Harry left. He went to the kitchen and made two cups of tea, then hovered near them, wondering if it would be overstepping to bring one to Draco. Draco had looked so tired. Harry knocked on the guest bedroom door. One sec, said Draco. Then, come in. When Harry entered, Draco had just shrugged a dressing gown on. He looked thoroughly dishevelled, and had turned the computer screen so that Harry couldn't see it. 
thought you might like a cup of tea, said Harry, putting the mug on the bedside table. Oh, you are a god among men, said Draco. Thank you. Harry smiled and backed out of the room. As he closed the door, he heard the man on the computer say, So that's the boyfriend. Shh, said Draco, smothering a laugh. The thing is, though, said Harry, as if they were continuing a conversation they had already started. You can't keep punishing me like this. They were walking in the park to get away from the Slytherins, who had turned up that morning in varying states of intoxication and built a fort on their living room floor. Draco pushed his fists further into his coat pockets. What do you mean? he asked. If you think you can't ever forgive me, I can respect that, said Harry. But we're dating, aren't we? I mean, we live together. We're dating, conceded Draco. Okay. And I don't need you to suddenly trust me completely, but I can't be in a relationship with you if... Harry was struck by the sharp fear that he should never have spoken, that he was in the process of giving an ultimatum he had not intended to set. If you'll never be able to love me again. Draco stopped in his tracks. Again, he said. Harry's heart sank. Was Draco going to deny ever having loved him at all? You used to, I thought, said Harry. Draco looked at him as if he was crazy. I never stopped, he said. But, said Harry, you never say... Draco tugged his coat closer to him and started walking again. Yeah, well, it didn't go over so well last time I told you how I felt. I was an idiot, said Harry. Things have been good, said Draco. I didn't want to fuck it up. You won't, said Harry. He felt as if he had just taken a shot of pepper-up potion. Draco loved him, had admitted it. Draco cast him a sheepish look. I like you being nice to me, he said. Draco, I'm not being nice to you because I feel guilty. This is just how I like treating you. It won't change if you forgive me. Draco frowned at the dirt path. I don't pay rent. You tolerate my friends, he said. I like your friends, said Harry. And I earn about ninety times more than you. When you make more money, I'll happily charge you rent. You're a student. You should get free rent, really. Things have never been equal between us, said Draco. So me feeling guilty is like an equaliser? asked Harry. That sounds bad, doesn't it? said Draco. I'm never not going to regret how I treated you, said Harry. Any more than you'll ever stop regretting what you did in the war. If Harry had not known before that Draco felt remorse, the anguished expression that crossed his face now would have been enough for Harry to be sure of it. No, said Draco. I see what you mean. There was a long silence, and Harry didn't know how to fill it. He wasn't sure what he wanted Draco to say. What's... What's the capital of Montenegro? he asked, to make Draco smile. And Draco did indeed smile, although he looked puzzled. I... I can't remember, he said. What? Draco touched his head. Fuck, yeah, I don't know. I used to spend hours and hours every day doing those quizzes, but I haven't... Had the time, he didn't say. He looked at Harry. They had stopped again, pausing by an old statue of a poet. Of course I love you, he said, his grey eyes uncertain. That, realised Harry, that was what I wanted him to say. Draco licked his lips. I love you too, said Harry. And they looked at each other in astonishment. 
Harry was struck by the fleeting recollection that they had once hated each other. It was bizarre to think about, to remember all the ways in which they had hurt each other, and to contrast that with all the days Harry intended for them to spend happy together. It seemed rather improbable, like the plot of a television show where the writers were desperate and underpaid. "'That's it?' said Draco, apparently thinking along the same lines. "'It's just going to be easy like that? Happily ever after?' "'Yeah,' said Harry. "'I think so.' They looked at each other and laughed, as if they had both understood a joke at the same time. "'We should get home before Blaze sets fire to the kitchen,' said Draco. Harry wondered if this was what family felt like. "'Let's stop at the market and get some asparagus,' he said. "'Ron and Hermione are coming over for lunch.' "'Potterica!' cried Draco. "'I beg your pardon?' "'The capital of Montenegro,' said Draco. "'It's Potterica!' Harry laced his arm through Draco's. Their hips brushed together as they walked on. See? said Harry, helplessly happy. I knew I kept you around for a reason. Draco smiled, and it occurred to Harry that this was what had been worth dying for all those years ago. A world in which going to the shops to buy asparagus could be so wonderful. That was the final part of Exposure, written and read by Gala Placidia. Tune in next week for the first part of my fic, Dad Says, in which Scorpius Malfoy starts writing Harry letters and Harry falls in love with Draco through his son's depiction. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, and why not share it with a friend who you think will like the show? For more stories by me, head to AO3. I also have an Instagram, at letthemeatbooks, with underscores instead of spaces, where I post reviews of the books I read, so please say hello on there. Thank you for listening. <laughs>